Ah, welcome back off the stadium. Cooper's Mild Ale, Triple M rocking the cricket. It is all one-way traffic as we do the lunch break for sixth. Sixth car and truck rental ready to go. Sixth, S-I-X-T. Welcome to Above and Beyonding. And the big names just keep rolling in. Mitch Johnson, you just strolled into the box. How are you enjoying Triple M? Thanks, Dan. Uh, it's been great. I've uh, really enjoyed it. Get to catch up with some old mates uh, that I've played cricket with and some that I've watched and get to meet some new people and uh, just have a bit of fun, I think. Uh, talk talk some cricket, talk some stories and, yeah, just enjoy what's been happening out here. Mate, that's the fun because you're over, I'll say it, you're over at the ABC. They don't have as much fun as we do and you got the boot because you, you, you had a gambling association. Well, yep. you fitted in right here to Triple M. But is it a, <laughs> it's a different culture, isn't it, the Triple M? It's almost like we're telling stories first then calling in the cricket second. Yeah, it is a bit like that. And I mean, I did some Triple M, I think, many years ago, uh, probably after I retired playing from cricket. But uh, I quite enjoyed that and then went over to the ABC, a little bit quieter. It's not quite as... Uh, I mean, there's stories being told, but... No, they do a nice job. Yeah, I'm not going to bag uh, them for the same, but it's a different but it's world a different, over here. It's a different feeling, a different vibe. And um, now, like I said, I'm looking forward to it and hopefully get, can uh, follow... Uh, the test cricketers around this summer um, and do a little bit more, but um, no, thanks for having me. Uh, it's our pleasure. You're a bloody legend. I almost swore then. <laughs> um, and, and it is an absolute pleasure to, to have you. Um, I'm looking for... Sorry if it looks like I'm staring at you um, because I'm looking for scars here. Weren't you in an MMA fight a couple of weeks ago? <laughs> yeah, well, I was up against an MMA fighter in a, a charity boxing match. Uh, so the Hulk... Uh, he's fought in the UFC. Uh, he's fought in Pride over in, I think it's in Japan. Um, so he's he's done a bit. He's a black belt in jiu-jitsu, and he's 140 kilos, uh, whereas I'm not quite 140 kilos. What are you? I, you're I was, 80? I was 98 kilos uh, in the fight. Okay. So, oh, because you're a tall bugger. That's right. <laughs> so, yeah, no no scars. It was uh, it, it was great to have the opportunity. I've always wanted to do like a charity boxing match, and the whole setup was a... Uh, Amateur versus pro, yeah. and you got to train together. You got to learn how to box, uh, which was something that I, I quite enjoy. I love the physical side, and it was great. Were you? What were you going into the ring? Nervous, petrified? What? Where, where was your head at? Um, I'll go back a little bit. It was actually JL was meant to Justin Langer was meant to take on the fight, um, but I think he's had a few concussions, so yeah. he was a bit nervous about it. And he said, "Hang on a minute, I think there's someone <laughs> that will do it." And yeah. Yeah, I, I was always uh, ready to do it, but um, nervous. Look, at first, the whole idea, obviously, getting your head punched in, um, it's quite nerve-wracking. Uh, there's a definite fear of it, but yeah. I wanted to face those fears and go out there and have have a good time, show some boxing skills off, and yeah. So, now, the reason I ask that question is because of the follow-up, which is this. Do you need that? You, you're, a, you're a competitive person. You're an athlete. And now I ask this of all athletes that I speak to. Then the competition ends. Yep. Where do you get that competition? So did you actually need something like this to sort of, I don't know, get the juices flowing again? It's a really good question, and it's something I've thought about for a long time. And I'm actually at that point in my career, oh, not my career, but my life, where I, I like taking myself out of my, the comfort zone because that's how you grow as a person. Um Unfortunately for me, it's physical stuff at the moment. Uh, I've done a few different things that have been very physical. Did a bit of racing, uh, car racing. That's quite physical uh, and it's fast and probably a lot of people think it's dangerous as well. Um, 
and you know the MMA or the the, the boxing stuff. Uh, I do a little bit of MMA training uh, with Scrappy MMA, and uh, actually do a bit of training with uh, I think it's uh, Jack Della Madalena. So he's fought in the UFC, and I've had the opportunity to, to, to spar with him, and it's absolutely awesome. So I, I think there's a screw loose up top. <laughs> Uh, is what I'm trying to get to. Um, yeah, I think my wife is probably happy that I slow down a little bit and, and stop taking challenges like this. You, we always loved you, the way you bowled. You seem like a great bloke. You are a great bloke, but you seem like that. But you weren't, uh, like most cricketers, particularly open as a player. You know, you were pretty yep. reserved. Yep. The last few years, you've been very forthright. You've had some depression issues, which you've talked about. We don't have to yep. speak about those here, but I'm I'm fascinated with why... You're being honest publicly because uh, you don't have to be. Yep. But you're on SAS a couple of years ago, and you revealed everything there. You've yep. done interviews since. Why? What? What? Why tell us what is a wonderful story to tell? By the way, because it's something so many people can relate to. Uh, yeah. Look, I don't really know to be honest. I think as a cricketer, you're in the limelight, and you want to be. I don't know. It felt like I wanted to be very careful with what I was giving out um, yep. what information you have to be careful when you're in a team environment but uh, I think more towards the back end of my career I was a lot more open I, I just wanted to I think people can read the rubbish uh, when you when you give them the one-liner all the time I don't think that's very uh, it's not creative it's not it's not interesting so I, I think I just want to be myself more than anything mm. uh, I, I felt like early in my career you, you, you tighten up a lot and you're worried about what people are going to think and, and I was very much like that so now it's more like I'm just going to be me and, and I'm happy with what I say. I'm going to be honest. Good for you. Um, look, there's not. I'm not going to tell everything, but I'll be very, very out there and very um, open and have discussions about depression, ADHD, um, the mental side. I'm happy to talk about. God bless you. I guess players uh, that are playing the game and, and when they're performing and when they're not performing. I'm not going to uh, baby people. I'm, I'm not going to talk them up when they don't deserve it. I'm just, I think... Just be a normal human being, I guess. Fantastic. Oh, honestly, that's really good stuff. Um, you did SAS. It broke you. Broke everyone. But it got you. Um, ultimately, are you glad you did it? Was it good for you? I think that's why I did it, was to be broken. Uh, I was probably leading, I guess leading into it, uh, I was uh, about six months off. I was on medication uh, for my depression and ADHD, and I'd gotten off it. So I got to the point, and the reason I got off it actually was because I wanted to be myself yeah, and be in my own head, my own space, just be me. And it's definitely me, but it was, I was still struggling with that depression. So I was already going in probably broken, and then that just like tipped me over the edge. I didn't want to speak about it, to be honest. I, I went into it thinking, I'm just going to get through this. I want to finish it, go through all the challenges, experience what those men and women go through. Um, in in the army, the SAS. So that was my thinking. And then, yeah, it just came out of me. I How thought, do they get you to do it? Because everyone that's been on it, Candice, our colleague yep. at Triple M, she's spoken about her public uh, woes on there. Everyone that goes on there. So when do, they must get you at a particularly weak time when, when you are just vulnerable and ready to speak. Yeah, well, they, they, they do. They get you when it's um, 12, 1, 2 o'clock in the morning. They get you Is out of bed. Right? Um, and they, they, they basically give you the mirror room, which we go into. They, they put the, uh, head thing, head sock or whatever it is over, over your head. So you don't know what's, where you're going and what's going to happen. Uh, so you're already going, oh, what's going to, 
you know, I'm a bit freaked out here. Don't, you don't want to like run into a wall. You're hoping that they're not going to push you into something. But go into this mirror room and they're sitting in there and they're very serious guys and uh, yeah, they they sort of break you down and try and find out a bit more about yourself. But you just I don't know. I just felt comfortable in that situation. Uh, they're very. I think the way that they do it is is very good. Well, because, they must be because they get everyone. Exactly, they get everyone. They get. For me, that was the best part of it. Honestly, honestly, because I wouldn't have spoken about depression um, if I was just you know back at home and yeah, they they definitely got it out of me. That's fascinating stuff, and I and you've just said it. You're so glad that you spoke about it publicly. Hundred percent, and that I bet you got so you probably would have been some dickheads on social media. I don't know if you're on social media, but I bet it was far outweighed by the positivity that came your way. Yeah, I don't I honestly don't think there was any negativity yeah, towards it, which is one thing I thought about. Uh, it was all positive. Um, people coming up and saying to me, um, "Thank you so much. It's given me, you know, an understanding of of you, but also it gives me the chance to talk about my own issues." And uh, so, yeah, people were coming up to me and, and telling me their story and. Uh, it was quite fascinating, but quite interesting and quite sad sometimes as well. Mm. Uh, but mm. yeah, I've been able to you know, um, talk about it freely and openly and I think being in the public eye, that's, that's part of um, not my job, but I, I think if I can talk about these things so openly, uh, it's like a bit like Soa, the Hulk who I fought in, yeah. in the charity boxing match. He's a big guy and he, he, he's a strong guy. He was a UFC fighter, but he talks about his mental health struggles and I think I see it. Uh, from the outside going, looking at him and, and, and you just go, you're just in awe of someone like that um, because they're able to be so open. Did he get you? Did he get you on the chin? He got me on the nose a couple of times um, uh, and, and in the ribs, I think. Um, I'd actually had my ribs hurt probably the week before, uh, a bit of intercostal, um, not by him, by another another fighter. But um, yeah, it was, um, for me, it was a great experience, but I got a few back in. All right. I, I, we could keep going for 20 minutes. Have we got any more time through? I'm going to ask one more question. This is a totally insignificant question. What's your favourite wicket that you've taken? Oh, it's so hard. You get asked this one all the time, and, and you get people telling you what your favourite wicket should be. Um, uh, one I'm, the, top... I'm wondering if it's like some wicket that none of us really... It might be you might have been in a lean patch or something, yeah. and it might have been you just it got your confidence back. It changes every day, to be honest. What my favourite wicket is. Um, I got asked uh, recently what top five, so coming up with that and it's quite difficult. But there was one in South Africa after the thirteen fourteen series, and it was up against uh, it was that Centurion. I just got I think it was Graham Smith out off the gloves. It popped up. Sean Mars was diving in the slips and caught it. Uh, and we got Faf Duplassie in, I think, two two uh, players later. And I bowled this ball that was back of a length and mm. just flew through. And I think it was Michael Clark took it above his head. And it wasn't, um, it didn't seem like much, but it was just the extra bounce, uh, just the way he reacted to it. He was really surprised at the bounce and the pace of it. So I, I, I quite like that one. Faf Duplassie, Century in 2014. We're going to be we're going to be looking. You wait. We're going to be looking it up now on YouTube. <laughs> Mitch, I only met you yesterday, so thank you for being so open and honest with me, mate. You're a champion no bloke. I knew you would be. Thanks, Dan. thank you, and th- thank you for being part of Triple M Cricket, mate. It is an absolute pleasure. No, thank you, and thanks to the listeners. I hope you uh, enjoy what we give, and um, yeah, go go Australia. All right. Well, we're going to talk a bit of cricket after this. You've got to head off and do some other thing. You're a very popular man around here in Western Australia. Justin Lang is the king. You're the prince of dub, mate. JL, my God, he's hey, left Gilly out. 
Oh, not... I think JL's overtaken him, yeah, mate. It's yeah. unbelievable. It's JL this, JL that over here. That's crazy, JL. Um, uh, let's uh, go to our man in the newsroom, uh, which we do for Prosper. Prosper business loans with no repayments for the first eight weeks. Offer ends December 31. T's and C's apply. Visit prosper.com. Here is Brett Thomas.